This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. And welcome into the Pirate Radio Podcast. I am Shirley Rhodes. On Valentine's Day, we had a chance to visit with former ECU football player and a member of the Holton Aylers Show as part of the walk-ons, Jack Powers. Jack Powers joining us here in the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, Jack, what's your favorite sports day of the year? I don't know. See, this is tough. It wasn't Sunday. Uh, it was not Sunday, and it hasn't been. Sorry, sorry. Hasn't been any Sundays. Too soon. Yeah, too, too soon. soon. Just ripped the Band-Aid off. Um, I want to say just like kind of any Game 7, but that's a little broad. Right. Uh, but as a sports fan, just any time you get a Game 7, you really bring out the player's best, and it's just like the environment. At any, No matter where it is, what sport it is, it's going to be electric. Are you a hockey guy like A-Harp? I've grown into being a hockey fan since I've moved here. Um I, we would talk about it on the podcast all the time. The Canes games are just so fun. Yeah. The environment, uh, the atmosphere, it's, it's a great place. So I've, I find myself watching the Canes games midweek now and, and staying up with everything with them. So That's kind of how you kind of fell in love, especially with post-game hockey. Post-season. Post-season Hurricanes hockey. I went hockey. to a playoff game. Oh. Saw freaking Ovechkin rip one in the net. Uh, but the Canes won 2-1, to one, and it was awesome. That sport is so fun to watch live. <laughs> like, the athleticism it takes on the ice to skate like that, and then you you get the physicality with it too, the finesse. I love it. They are full go. It's all my one thing that really shocked me going to a live game. I've never been to a sporting event where the last note of the anthem and the game beginning is so close together. It is like literally it stops and then puck drop. It, yep. it caught me off guard. I was looking for uh, um boy. The anthem was electric on Sunday, man. I'll tell you that. That was the biggest crowd pop we had at the Super Bowl party I was at for the folks that took the over in the national anthem because Reba was going pretty fast and really stuck the landing with uh, a couple of Braves there at the end. Yeah, so I gave a call to Virginia to place my bet on the over, 89 and a half seconds. And uh, for the longest time, when it got to 40 seconds, I was like, man, yeah. this is going way under. Way under. And then when she hit the first Brave, I was like, hold it. She didn't hold it. Then she hit the second Brave, and I was like, hold it, hold it. And it was 94 seconds to overhits, man. Thank you, Reba. Um, Jack... First of all, how did you spend your Sunday? How do you watch a, a Super Bowl with your favorite team in it? Are you around a lot of folks? No, I, I don't like being around a lot of people. Uh, I made that mistake for the Packers game, the, the second round of playoffs, the divisional, and you just get everyone taking shots at you left and right. And I'm, yeah. I'm trying to lock in on the team, and it, it made my experience down a little bit. So uh, the next two games after that, the Lions game and the Super Bowl, had my roommate, my girlfriend, uh, and then two of our buddies on the team came down that live in the same apartment complex, and we just made some good food and watched the game. I, I do want to th- uh, thank Jack for humbling me as a Panthers fan because he was in the studio briefly yesterday, and I, I said, hey, man, sorry about the loss. I've been there as a Panthers fan, and then he quickly hum- humbles me by saying, well, this is the third time in about, what, 12, 13 years? In, in my years. late teenage years, my team's gone uh, to the third time, so, to Baltimore. You know, the, the Baltimore game, and then obviously the past two times against the Chiefs. So I was like, you know what? You've got it. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I build myself up, too. You know, I'm my biggest critic and my biggest fan. I've also been blessed to be a San Francisco Giants fan in the baseball world, and I saw three World Series Man. in five years. And uh, going back to people taking shots at you, Jack, I, I, I feel somewhat comfortable doing it in a humorous manner at this table. But, like, if you're watching your Niners, and I don't know you well enough, like, off the air to do that, I, 
I'd, I'd be a little nervous going after you. I mean, do you physically, do you, Travis Kelsey, to Andy Reid, anyone talking to you during a game like that? No, I can't do that. I just got out of my sling, so. Still, <laughs> oh, true, yeah. I'm still lifting three-pound dumbbells every day at rehab, so. It was, my, and it was my teammates that were talking smack, so they, they know that they got the best of me right now. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Holton Ayler says that you're a bandwagon fan. Don't oh, I get that every week on their podcast. I don't need to hear about that, Holton. <laughs> uh, what a game. Holton doesn't even have an NFL team. We can talk about that. He claimed the Charlotte Panthers for a little bit, and then now he just is wow. like, the oh, Charlotte Panthers. I like that he calls you all the Charlotte I'm not Panthers. doing the Carolina, South Carolina. <laughs> that's awesome. That. that is such disrespect. They're in North yeah. Carolina. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fine. I do want to ask you, though, like what – what brought you to be a San It's not Francisco? the California 49ers. <laughs> right, but no. But my question is, is what brought you to be a San Francisco guy, like the Giants, 49ers? I'm from right outside of Sacramento. Uh, so, I mean, they're the closest team. My grandpa had season tickets uh, with the 49ers, and my dad had season tickets for the Giants growing up. So, that's where I was kind of born and raised. Candlestick Park, baby. Who was your first favorite 49er? Well, I always grew up like hearing about the catch. With Dwight and Joe. Okay. Dwight Clark from um, Kinston, North Carolina, by really? the way. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's that's some good facts for me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you got to, like, look back and just, like, while I was really growing up and really starting to fall in love and, and understand football, it was the Frank Gore, yeah. the Alex Smith, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. So, I mean, probably around there. Man, I went to Washington, San Fran, awful awful redskins year 2011 it was the year before rg3 i guess and i was shocked the opposing fans always take over the fedex field but i was shocked that the niners fans there and it was so funny because that was those guys you were just talking about i remember frank gore um and some of those guys but every niners fan in the stadium was wearing a rice young montana mm-hmm. it was all the old niners jerseys yeah and i thought that was pretty cool uh but that you know pittsburgh is known for their traveling fan base i guess uh i don't know maybe like green bay who but the 49ers got to be up there they travel for like fans well. across the country that that jersey statement that's kind of a take that i uh i take now with me is is why buy a current player's jersey on your team Boom. knowing that they're going to get traded or, or released or some crazy thing's going to happen? 100%. So I, I buy old players. Like I got a Steve Young 49ers jersey. That's going to be great for forever. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, I, I'm not a jersey guy, but the only jersey I do have is a guy that was with the Panthers for eight years and was only a Panther. He was no, uh, he was not on another team, Luke Keekley. Yeah. That's he's it. Just stunned. And, I, and I agree with that take too. Like, you know, you're. It, it, it depends on the person like maybe they don't care but at, for me it's like you know if, if they're going to be on another team at some other point in their career then what's the point of having their jersey yeah so i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i did get a christian mccaffrey jersey sorry sore subject for you yeah, for christmas and that's will be one of my favorite. well maybe he ends his career there stud. i hope so yeah uh great game for him did it remind you of the previous chiefs niners super bowl where you guys had a lead like were you thinking about that during this past sunday's game yeah i was not comfortable or content yeah. at all throughout the game um i mean i was excited obviously but like it's patrick mahomes you can't yeah i hate to say it like I'm, I'm not a patrick Mahomes fan but i respect the game what was your you know your positivity level when he got the ball in overtime with like a minute and 40 uh, seconds well, let's start, before you get there how about up three at the end of regulation with them with the football 
Like, did you still wasn't comfortable? Oh, yeah, no. We needed a touchdown. We needed touchdowns. And I think Brock Purdy did a great job. I saw like a stat on Twitter or something like his last five drives or four drives, he drove like an average of 60 yards down the field and put up points every time. But in games like that, where you're, I mean, I hate to even say underdog, but when you're kind of the underdog, you're winning as Patrick Mahomes, you need touchdowns, not field goals. Right. Field goals don't win games. And so I knew at that point, like when I was going to the overtime, I was a little. So you go into OT. What did you think of the Niners taking the ball first? I mean, I wasn't too familiar with that. Sound like a 49ers players, but <laughs> Usechek uh, came out and was saying how he wasn't really too familiar. But Kyle Shanahan said that he understood what was happening and he took the ball first because he wanted it third to go finish the game. Right. It was impressive though with Chris Jones and the Chiefs saying. You know, like real veteran team, Andy Reid, obviously a great veteran coach, coming out and saying, yeah, we've been practicing that for weeks. We knew win or lose, we wanted it second, and we we're going to go for two and end it. Man, I, uh, as a sports fan who does this and thinks I know a lot, I did not realize the new playoff rules. I love the the overtime. That now, if you score a touchdown, the other team can still get the ball. Because you think about the Buffalo and the Chiefs yeah, games, yeah, the Josh the Allen rule, and, basically, you know, the controversy there and. Uh, I feel like it just it, it had to be implemented, and uh, it, you know it showed that you know it, it came out right the other night. So I, I do want to ask you, and I asked Holton this earlier, and I asked you as a 49ers fan. I don't know how you felt as uh, about Brock Purdy before this game, but uh, after watching him on the big stage, how do you feel about him being your quarterback going forward in the future? I feel the same way as I did all season. I think um, there's a lot of room for growth. But there's a lot of potential, and I certainly didn't have any complaints all year. You know, he received all that banter about the checkdowns, and just people were hating on him. And it was like, for what? Like, you wouldn't check it down to all these guys. Like, <laughs> and then you Christian see him, McCaffrey. you see him make the plays that he made throughout the playoffs. Uh, what was it? Was it the Detroit Lions game where he ducked out of the sack and yep. found use check for that first down? Yep. Yeah. And he, he did that again in the Super Bowl. So it's like I, I don't understand how you hate on a guy like that. Like, right. Good for him. Like, well, Jack, uh, thank you for talking about this. Like, you gotta got to talk through it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you're. Uh, it went well on the whole Naylor show. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, you had a lot of guests. Did y'all have time to talk about the Super Bowl? Oh, boom! <laughs> <laughs> I think they were going to let that slide. <laughs> uh, really enjoying the whole Naylor show. Great conversation uh, with Ruff and McNeil. And I like. Um, I think it was you that pointed out like they sign off with the call and. Ruff said, love you, Holt. And Holt says, love you, coach. And you're like, you didn't even play for this guy. Right. But that's like the the relationship you immediately get with Ruff and McNeil. So that was one of your kind of first impressions of him, right? Yeah. yeah what really you think my, about it? my first impression. Um, I mean, I've kind of like heard what Holt would tell me. Um, just kind of when explaining briefly like the history of ECU and the football program. But what a genuine dude. Um, talk about a fun interview where he was just – super genuine obviously he answered everything perfectly uh he was open and up front holton tossed at him like a couple hard questions that i don't think i mean maybe he thought he was going to get asked those but um just overall just a great guy nice guy and and definitely just kind of a coach that's there for the players you could tell how, how are you enjoying learning about the past of ecu football because you were only here for two years but how are you enjoying learning the history with ruffin mcneil shane Carden, and some other guys the you guys you're having tomorrow the guys you're having tomorrow with the number one and two all-time receptions leaders in ncaa with justin hardy say jones how are you enjoying learning about the history of ecu football oh i love it uh i'm forever going to be passionate about ecu football you know this is a place where like i want to take my kids to come watch games someday so um definitely going to be a pirate for life and so the more i learn the better
Uh, and boy, my random sports brain, uh, I did a crowd pop, Jack, when I heard you talking about Timmy Chang. Um, we I just looked it up. We're the same age, but I remember watching him sling it around. So he recruited you? Is that what you said? Yeah, so he was the tight ends coach at the University of Nevada, uh, and he was recruiting my teammate in high school um, who went with me, and he was on scholarship, and he offered me a walk-on. He came to watch my friend uh, during one of our games and ended up offering me a walk-on after that. And uh, so we maintained a relationship the whole time, and, and uh, I ended up going there, and we had a great relationship the whole time. He's at Hawaii, the head yeah. coach now. Really hope um, he can win there. That'd be cool. Yeah, he's – talk about a great dude. Like Coach Ruff is just like – he was someone that was always in my corner. Um, you know, what? Like I don't know if people know how football means work, but you watch practice, you watch film or whatever – head coach gets up there and just starts asking what people are thinking on different subjects and stuff like that. And that was the guy that always go to battle for me um, and and definitely is a big piece of where I'm at today. Timmy Chang only threw for 17,000 yards and 117 touchdowns in his college career. Uh, I mean, those were such fun. Was that June Jones, I think, the head coach there? Uh, during that time with chang in hawaii i believe so uh but yeah that's a, a legendary name and again being at his alma mater uh turned it into five wins last year from three the previous year so yeah and they went to they went to battle with stanford and vanderbilt some pretty historically good schools in football um and like they showed like they for sure improved so I'm and you said future guest on the pod yeah we're gonna get them on for right, sure good deal uh jack powers joining us pirate radio studios whole nailer show coming up on thursday they got shane uh justin hardy and zay jones and i gave holden props for the the jungle fever segment i said that's a brilliant idea he gave you credit for that yeah uh kind of when we just started talking about the podcast uh, I was thinking about what East Carolina fans and the people here are so passionate about. And obviously one of those things is baseball. Um, and you could just see that with the excitement with the season around the corner. And the jungle specifically has always stood out to me. My first spring here was um, when they went to the Super Regional with Texas. Yeah. And so I got to see that environment. And that was like the first time in my college career where I kind of got to be like a student and a fan of something. <laughs> and so it was so much fun. And that kind of stood out to me so i was like you know what maybe we can interview someone on the other team because it's going to attract a lot of views a lot of people want to hear about the people coming to town and it's not like football where they're here for a game you don't get to interact they're going to be here for a whole weekend and you're going to get to interact with them because they're 10 feet in front of you and can hear you so uh i came up with that and awesome we sent it out there and we were like give us some name suggestions someone hit us with the jungle fever and i like that so we ran with it uh, check that out coming up Thursday on the Holt Naylor show ahead of East Carolina and Ryder coming up. You can be able to uh, go to some games this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going on Friday. Um, looking forward to seeing people there. I think, honestly, if, if you listen into the podcast, you might be able to hear the left fielder's girlfriend's name. I don't know if you're into chirping. Ooh. I don't want to get too personal and start throwing strays. But he made the mistake. That is a rookie mistake. Out now, I don't know if this. I don't know if this left fielder, probably not, has never been to Clark LeClaire Stadium. But as you go through the season, I was telling Holton this: you'll probably interview some left fielders that have been in this environment before, and you'll be able to talk about maybe some good experiences or bad experiences. Because I mean, those the guys in left field, a guy we'll talk to tomorrow on this show, Jared Plummer uh, at ECU Jungle on Twitter or X, if you will, if you will, uh, they 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 keep it classy, and I feel like a lot of left field 
outfielders have had some pretty good experiences despite having a lot of you know words said to them. So I, there should be some good stories coming up with some experienced left fielders in Clark LeCur Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And on the podcast Twitter, we kind of reach out and, and ask if people have any questions they want to ask. And someone from the Rowdies, the Rowdy and Wrights uh, group out there, okay. the right field uh, people, they said, uh, make sure you just tell them, like, 99% of us love the banter and love having fun, and it's all just, like, for the love of the game. There's always going to be that 1% of college yeah. students that take it out of hand and take too far. Yeah. So uh, we apologize in advance for that, but looking forward to having you and wish you the best of luck. And so I told them that, and uh, kind of just like what you said, like, for the most part, just for the love of the game, part of the environment, and really what makes this place special. But there's always there's always that risk we run with college students. Jack Powers joining us. Jack, uh, what did you think when you saw the Tim Douse news this morning uh, going to pit? I'm happy for him. I'm stoked for him. Uh, you know, we all want to do what's best for our, our own situations. Yep. And, and, of course, when you become a dad and a husband, you want to do what's best for your family. Um, so I, I went up there and, and talked to him for a little bit, and I'm sure I'll see him before he leaves. But honestly, like, I, it was weird. I kind of felt sad. <laughs> I, I called my dad on the way home, and like, <laughs> it was just kind of a really weird moment for me. I don't know. Like, I'm done playing, so it's not like I might not be in Greenville after the semester, too. So it's not like I was going to be seeing him on the regular. But just talk about an influential guy uh, in my life, and I'm definitely grateful. Like, I'm glad I came to East Carolina to be coached by Coach Tim Doust. Uh, so Pitt's getting a good one. And uh, just overall great coach, better man. So, what's a Tim Dow story that you can tell on the air? Don't tell it if you can't say it on the air. But what's a Tim Dow story? Oh, Maybe put, him yelling at you, or I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I mean, I'd always listen because he he was a big like mental toughness guy. Like he was he was a pretty gritty guy. Um, he's also a, a very lovable and loving guy, especially to his wife and his three daughters. So so you see a completely soft side with him when he picks up the phone in a meeting. But then when he puts that phone down, he goes back to ripping someone during film. Yeah. But um, I kind of started, uh, I was watching this Jocko on YouTube, like little clip, like a minute 30, and it's just, it's almost like a David Goggins type of dude, like some mm-hmm. psycho guy almost. And I sent it to him one time, and that became like one of his terms, like for the whole time. And it was like talking about when situations go bad and things are going bad, like good. You have the opportunity to learn from it. You have the opportunity to grow from it and stuff like that. So we'd be in like the most serious moment and he'd just be like, good, right, Jack? And I'd be like, uh, yeah. Like he just kind of like just bring you into something. He's very jokeful. Meetings were always so fun with him. I don't know if everything's appropriate, but that's awesome when you're in a group with 21. 20-year-old. The inappropriate stories will be on the whole Naylor show in future <laughs> episodes, so tune into that. Jack, keep up the great work with the podcast, man, and uh, looking forward to tomorrow's edition dropping at noon. Yep, stay tuned. Going to be a great episode. Uh, one of my favorites of the recent episodes we've dropped for sure, so tune uh, in. Jack Powers. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.